You're listening to the Tidy Revival Podcast, where we explore the stories and emotions behind decluttering and home organization. I'm your host, Carly Adams, home organizer and creator of the clutter-free home process. Now, this is the time where I remind you that this is not a show for little ears. If your kids are in the room, please pause now. This show has an explicit rating. We're going deep. We're going through your shit while we're going through your shit. Now, let's get started. Welcome, welcome. I am so excited today to bring you this conversation, which we haven't started yet, but this is one of my favorite people to talk to. So here's all you need to know. Denise Albright, she is a self-proclaimed serial entrepreneur, literally showed signs of business prowess as a tween. She's a speaker, a business mentor, a married mom of three boys, and a persistent optimist. She prefers and over or, and she's continually designing systems in both her personal and professional lives so she can do it all. Well, mostly all while being present in the moments, the moments. Her current company, oh so cleverly named Denise Albright, was founded on her kitchen table in 2016 while she had a newborn and two preschoolers also at said kitchen table. It was an unexpected start that has grown into a multi-million dollar venture serving millions of women with her organization, Paper Products. Denise and her team, who I love, which is comprised of a small and mighty group of all women, continues to evolve their line of products as the needs of her customers do. Evolve or dissolve, baby. One of the evolutionary systems we'll be talking about today followed the newest discovery she made about what challenges nearly every parent. The thing that we're going to talk about today is what bonded Denise and I, I think, direct heart to heart (laughs) bonding. And I am (laughs) deeply obsessed with her. So welcome to the show, Denise. I am so happy to have you here. It's my pleasure. And And I love that you said we solidified our relationship over that, because I'll tell you more so than that, I think the major breakthrough in my business actually happened in a casual conversation that you and I were having that changed everything about what's happening in my business today. So I, I give it far more credit than just, oh yeah, we connected. Oh no, we didn't. We took things to a whole new, whole new level. So I couldn't thank you enough. Oh my gosh. Yeah. When we first started chatting, it was love at first combo and We've done a lot since then. We've spoken together. We've traveled to another state together. The people that we serve have the same struggles. And I think that's what we really bonded over is helping people get organized through these different things. So obviously today we are talking about kids, art storage, and it's stressing out our mamas. So today we're going to get to the gold, get to the solution. I really want to dig into why we care about it, what brought it about, what the pain points are, and yeah, just really dig into that why. So we're going to take it back. Before you created your business, before your beautiful paper products, before everything, can you please share how you got into this industry? Because I know this is a very personal story for you. Well, you know, it's funny. I've been, you know, I've been a doodler all my life. Let's, let's start there. And it's, I so enjoyed drawing as a child and sort of all throughout my career. Right. But I never thought of it one day as being a way to, you know, as a career. So put a pin in that. 
in the late nineties, I was, I had this dream job selling private yacht charters on San Diego Bay, loved it, but it was with a small company and there was very much of a glass ceiling in the whole operation. I was like, ah, this just isn't filling my, filling my bucket. I really wanted to kind of break through. And, you know, it was a little bit of a, a big decision to make at that point, but I was this, this guy that I was dating at the time, he said, you know, you like to draw. Why don't you do something with your drawings? I'm like, okay. Yeah. Like that's something you say to someone like, oh, you like to sing, go cut a record. You know, like it's just, it sounds so easy to do. So it was at that moment that in 1999, that I quit that secure job and started out and I started illustrating holiday cards. And this was, if you overlay this onto the introduction of the World Wide web, it was right around the time when everybody was like, what at yahoo.what? So Anyway, so that was kind of like the start where I got everything sort of pushed off the dock as far as how I can take my illustrations and monetize it. Yeah. Within six weeks, I had sold 3,500 holiday cards. What? Yeah. So that's amazing. And I was literally printing them on a color inkjet, scoring them with a credit card. (gasps) And then, you know, and then literally I was even pre cutting the paper and rolling it, rolling up these like washcloths in the, tray of the printer just to hold this very uniquely sized paper, seriously like put together with staples and chewing gum. Right. There things just evolved. Like I said, it was the the onset of the World Wide Web. Mm-hmm. And I printed these cards with my website that I learned how to do on the back of all my cards. They would go to this new internet thing and look up my website. And lo and behold, I started getting all kinds of interest from everybody all around the country, which was wow. So, so extraordinary. And you think about it, people would pay me for their credit card or pay me for their holiday cards and then put their stamp on it and then send out all these direct mail pieces, if you will, (laughs) you know, and suddenly everyone's flipping it over and I got these calls like, Hey, this is great. Can I sell these in my store? Are you going to be at the national stationery show? Where can I find more? And I was like, um, yes, I'm going to be at the national stationery show. What, what is, what is that? Yes, I will be there. So Anyway, that was kind of like the beginning of, of a lot of where I am today. That was my first company that started out as, as I mentioned, holiday cards evolved to social stationery, like invitations, announcements. And then I sold that business in 07. Thought that was my, thought that was the, the end of that. I was going to stay home and have a few babies and really sort of like dig into the mom life and realized not so long into that, that I was like, Ooh, yeah, I really like myself working. No one ever tells you when you're getting into motherhood how lonely it can be. Yeah. You know, and as an extrovert, I was like, oh my gosh. So I started dipping a toe into doing a little bit more licensing artwork and things like that and did that in between diaper changes and and everything else. And then it wasn't until my third son was born that there was a production snafu with a planner that I was licensing to another company that all this started. And Mm -hmm. that was 2016. And that's that kitchen table company you referenced in the intro that we're here today with all of the organizational stationary stuff. Amazing. Amazing. So let's talk about, I I do want to mention some of your products. I know we're not focusing on the paper products today because we're going to dig into specifically like kids artwork, but Can you name some of the other things that you're really known for? Because honestly, they're so fun. And I just want to hear you. I just want like a little plug for like just some of the stuff. You know, well, here's the thing. I think that one thing that I always try to do, and 
when you think about it, when people give something a name, coin a phrase, whether it's the name of an event or something memorable, it just gives it a whole new life. You know, at the end of the day, as I mentioned, I was, I was licensing a planner, which really is colored numbers on paper, but I decided to call it the reminder binder. Mm -hmm. So now the reminder binder is a thing. I pretty much give all of my products a fun name because I feel like when you give it a name, it sort of takes on a life of its own. Mm -hmm. You know, at the end of the day, a calendar is really numbers on paper. But if I call it something clever, like the reminder binder, suddenly it takes on a life. It takes on a, you know, a brand, a branding that people will get to know and refer to it by name. And then it's not just my planner. I kind of have always done that to some degree. So I've built my line based on what my customer was needing at the time. So I've got weekly planners, but I call them peak at the week. And that's also one of my registered names. When you have to maybe remind your spouse of certain things, I have another product that on a weekly planner pad for him, I call it the dad pad. And it was so cute. And, and then I've seen dads, their reaction is like, oh, this is so cool. I love it, I love it so much. Yeah. So, it, well, it pretty much just spares mom of doing any sort of reminding, right? Because we always get the, oh God, the nagging, you know, well, I'll tell you yep. what, if you write it down, you take that little, you know, few extra minutes and write stuff down, then you don't have to have to follow up on it as much, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, he'll take it and own it and he gets to that satisfactory checking off the list, you know? Mm -hmm. So the dad pad, gratitude journal, the gratitude finder, you know, are some of the, the, a meal planning pad, we call it the meal minder. So, Mm -hmm. you know, so the gratitude finder, meal minder, dad pad, peek at the week, reminder binder, and then the class keeper, which is, which is what we use to kind of commemorate all of our kids keepsakes and things like that. Yeah. And, and the reason I wanted to mention it is because I, I mean, I have seen these products in client homes and I didn't bring them. I'm like, in the wild, in the wild. And it makes me so happy. I'm like, oh, I know Denise. That's my friend, Denise. Oh, so cool. (laughs) It makes me so happy for you. Are we friends on social media yet? Whether your jam is Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, or Facebook, follow us at Tidy Revival for tips and updates. Getting into the the classkeeper binder, like, yeah, let's get into it because we're really here to talk about kids' art storage specifically today. And what are some of the common stories you were hearing from others before you created classkeeper? Like what in- inspired it? Social media has really made it a mainstay that everybody has to take the proverbial first day of school uh, oh, photo, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and if you're, if you're, on the ball enough, you post it on social media and realize that everybody else is doing it. So everybody has to do that. Well, you know, slowly but surely, you know, your, your kid grows up to be a JPEG. And what do you do with that photo to kind of keep it in a place where really you can commemorate it? I mean, I don't know about you. How many, how many photos do you have on your phone right now? Oh, so I think 18 million. It's a lot. Yes. Give or take, right? I'm right there with you. And so, you know, I think things, you know, images are getting lost and Parents like my kid is growing up to be a JPEG and, you know, really kind of giving a placeholder for these first and last day of school photo, like not only just, you know, posting it on social, but also giving it a placeholder. And then what we did is we're like, okay, at that moment, there's so many things that you want to capture, like in a mini time capsule that you think you're going to remember about your kid that you'll, oh, I'll always remember 
you know, what their favorite food was or what that silly thing they said was. And you, you don't, you just can't. And, you know, so the, the purpose of the class keeper really was the cornerstone was kind of commemorating the first and last day of school and having a placeholder for that first day. And then in this class keeper binder, which is a, just a, a custom size three ring binder on the facing page is the last day of school of that same grade. And seeing the transformation of your child from first to last day is always extraordinary. And it's not too often that you have both pictures right there in front of you. And it's sometimes so fun to go back and look, you know, and then on these pages, we kind of put some sort of key favorites and sort of credentials about them. They're, you know, the basics, what school, their teacher name, their height, weight. But then we had some other favorite things of theirs. What's their favorite TV show, their favorite app. If they had a hundred dollars, what would they do with it? Which is so precious. Cause as you know, with all your nieces and nephews, like, you know, you ask a preschooler what they would do with a hundred dollars compared to, you know, a 16 year old, it's oh, those, those answers at those early ages are so precious. Mm-hmm. They're going to buy an elephant or like a house or you know. <laughs> just more Legos. Yeah. <laughs> more Legos. Right. So anyway, that was kind of the, the start of the class keeper and that product alone evolved as parents were asking for, you know, I, could it have a, a, a pocket to actually put some specific keepsakes in there? Can it, can I add things to it? What if I have more photos? So all of those things have kind of created what it is today. And mm-hmm. it is, it's a, it's a customized three ring binder that you can take pages out, put pages in, mm-hmm. which totally absolves any mom of the mom guilt of, you know, everybody you know, talk to says, oh, the baby book that I never started. Oh my gosh. I have to, and now you know, this is a side note, so I'm sorry to interrupt, but I have, I reassure so many moms that almost no one did the baby book because everyone feels so guilty that didn't do it. I'm like, no, nobody did it. I'm having this conversation with everybody. Nobody did it. You're fine. And it's okay. You raised a baby. Right. Exactly. That, and you could write a book (laughs) about said baby. Yeah. Nobody, I never did. So anyway, that's where the, the one thing I did about, did with the class keeper was nowhere on the, on the cover or spine or anywhere does it say what years it covers inside our templates from preschool all the way up to off to college, but it doesn't say that anywhere. So mm-hmm. say, for example, you don't start till kindergarten or you want to be done after eighth grade. You just open up those magical three rings and take out those sections. You're done. And yeah. done. No one knows. No, but I'm right. guilt. Yeah. It's like that Instagram sound, like, how are they going to know? No one's going to know. No one's going to know. How are they going to know? They'll never know. Exactly. So, and, and literally it was during COVID that I think we had a huge, you know, engagement with the class keeper and completely sold out of 140,000 of them. Wow. So we clearly, there's been a lot of people realizing, you know what? Maybe I should get those photos off my phone, put them somewhere in a commemorative way. And there's a lot of people who don't have time to do the traditional scrapbooking. So, yeah, you know, it's it's nice to have that sort of like, okay, no thinking required template. Uh-huh. It's a shortcut and it's and it's cute as hell. <laughs> I love, yes, it is a shortcut because I'm like, you know what? I ain't got, I call scrapbooking scrap looking. I'm like a blank page. I'm like, I will stare at it forever. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah. I can do, yeah, I'm, I'm not a crafty person. People think I am because I can draw. I'm like, no, no, no. Crafty people are a whole different 
they're a whole different level up above me. I'm like, I can't do anything. You'll never see me yielding a glue gun or anything of the like. I'm like, nope. Same not, girl. Not, not me. Same. So that was kind of the, what sort of like happened is that, you know, all these parents are like, okay, I've got first day of school, but then what? It's on my phone. And then what? I put yeah. it on my Facebook page and I don't know how to search it and find it on my Facebook page. So now what? Scrolling forever. And then, and then it evolved. The class keeper evolved. Tell us about that. Cause this is, this is the part where when I met you and you told me about this, I was like, what the hell did you just say to me? I was so excited. I and I was like, what do you mean? Like, yeah, right. So yes, that was the conversation that changed everything about the class keeper. And in particular, so to answer your to to respond to what you were saying, yes, it was during COVID when we had this, you know, we realized that parents need something to commemorate all of their kids' stuff in a way that is, that will kind of check the box, you know, and sort of, you know, pacify that sort of, okay, I've done this for my child. You know, they'll appreciate it now, later. You're not going to have, you know, the guilt now. And later on you get something, hand this beautiful compact box to them. Um, but then parents are like, well, what do I do with the oversized poster and with the participation awards and the trophies and the rock collections? And what if, you know, and on and on it goes, and there's not enough photo pages and things like that. So what we realized in that moment is that we really need to take this to a digital level. Yeah. And so that there was born during this last year and a half was the class keeper mobile app. Yeah. And that was, and really what it's designed for is really to have a digital placeholder for all the good stuff for each of your children. That is in a easy to access, searchable, shareable, secure and private platform. When you think about all those, all those, all those descriptions, you know, shareable, you can share it with spouses to help upload content or childcare providers to upload content. Um, the or, second, second household that the children are a part of. Yes, Maybe exactly. you don't want to talk to that other parent all the time. That's fine. You both have oh, access yeah. to an app. Absolutely. I mean, that's one of the, that's one of the, the bridges that we offer to parents who, for whatever reason, do not share the same commemorative keepsakes. Everything can funnel to one placeholder that can be shared by all. Mm -hmm. And in the, in the mobile app, you can have a child profile with infinite amount of photos and stories per child and infinite amount of people who are sharing either as a contributor or as a uh, view only say like, you know, grandparents and things who may not be a contributor necessarily, but mm -hmm. they want to be up to, you know, they obviously want to see what's happening in their grandkids' lives. So that's, that's where the, the sharing part comes in place. And then the secure, obviously having a placeholder where, where everything is going to be safely stored and will span the ages. And you don't need to worry about hard drives or zip drives or, you know, things like that. Or if it's, a, if it's, is it on my phone or is it on his phone? It's all one common place where it's safe and secure and searchable. So that's the other magic is that being able to say, okay, let me search up all of the Halloween costumes for Lucas, you know, and you can do that and you can see all of the content from Halloween costumes, which yeah. is kind of a, something that you really, it's really hard to do on a, you know, uh, on, on Facebook that where a lot of people use their digital as a digital scrapbook. 
Yeah. And the thing that really, really got me is that this is a way to take all of the bins, which can just pile up and be a, it could be a real pain point for people. And something that is very, very easy to, as I like to call it, just kick the can on the procrastination, but then things pile up, pile up, pile up. And all of a sudden you have, you know, eight bins per kid of old schoolwork and artwork and commemorative, you know, like you mentioned, trophies and awards and certificates of participation and all the things. And it can be emotionally difficult to call through that. And so I think this is, I think this is just an amazing way to be able to let go of a lot of physical items while still honoring the memory of those things and being able to share it with your children in the future. Absolutely. And I tell you, one thing we really didn't kind of connect the dots on is why that conversation between the two of us was so magical. And it's kind of building up what you just said was, you know, even as my own kids, I've got middle schooler, elementary school, and then a kindergartner, you know, I'm kind of already in that space right now where I do have a pileup of bins. And the beauty of, of digitizing is that in a private way is that I can go and scan. And when I say scan, I should really say, take a photo of using a scanner, take a photo of and upload it into my kids' profiles and backdate it, you know? And so it's taking all those bins and sort of putting it in a place that's far, you know, think of it as kind of putting it almost in a, you know, top of a funnel and kind of like getting it all organized. So in the end, you have this very organized placeholder for everything. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter if it's artwork, if it's a trophy, if it's a rock collection, if it's a Lego, you know, if your child builds a, you know, how many, how many models have your, have your kids, kids built with Legos, guess what? You're not going to keep them. You take a picture of your kid with it. That's your, that's your memory is that child's face with that, you know, aircraft carrier that they just built or whatever it might be. And that's what you commemorate. Yeah. You know, we give this false sense of like value to some of the, some of the keepsakes that I'm like, why are we keeping this like pom-pom spaghetti and meatballs? You know what I mean? Like it's mm-hmm. your, your child didn't, you know, make it from like anything more than like glue and yarn. And you're like keeping it for 40 years. And it's like, why are we doing that? If you have the luxury, I wish someone would have grabbed my the shirt collars of my preschool mom self and said, look, the best thing you can do for yourself is create a system early on as your, as your kid is making all of these crafts because kids are like machines. They crank out so much crafts. They're like Ford motor company over here. Just yeah, right. churning it out. Exactly. And you know what? Not everything is epically memorable, you know? So I sometimes cheat. I'll, I'll plop my kid on the floor, crisscross applesauce. I'll put 10 things around him, all of which he created at, you know, kindergarten that week, snap a picture, a little aerial view. I get a smiling face, all the, um, you know, all the, the fruit loop artwork and popsicle stick art, boom, done, commemorated, honor that artwork for about a week or two. And then bye-bye. That is like the biggest life hack I have like come across in months though, honestly, because it, it really does commemorate the pride that the child feels, which is as you like, that's the gold. That's the moment. 
This episode is brought to you by the Clutter-Free Home Process, my online course community that teaches you the process I use with every client, including how to declutter and get things out of your home. Yes, including the tough stuff. We're also going to create simple systems and learn how to maintain it, all with personalized support and accountability along the way for six months. Learn more at tidyrevival.com forward slash course. If you're thinking to yourself like, great, my kid is 12 and I didn't we didn't think about that. You know, there's there's no time like the present, mom. And with our cell phones, it's so much easier. But you could just capture that moment and that pride right then. That's that's all you really need. Absolutely. And for those of us who are who have kids who are already in middle school, we couldn't possibly go back and capture that photo. Yeah. I still do it even for my older kid. I go through his bin and I grab a collection of items, snap a photo. And then a lot of it's stuff that I've kept in that bin. Honestly, I'll have my son, Lucas, who's 12 now, and be like, mom, why'd you keep that? And I'm like, yeah, why did I keep that? You know? Okay. That's a thing. Is that yes. the older kids are like, yeah, I don't need these 27,000 vocabulary sheets where I traced A, B, and you know, like, right. And even from like crafts and stuff, they're like, oh yeah, I, I remember I hated doing that or whatever it was. And so, you know, that there's that piece of it. But talking specifically about kids who are older, you know, there's, there's a time too that like in, in, in my life now, like my son will not want me to post anything on socials anymore with him in it. Yeah. You know? And so I'm like, oh no. So I share the app with him so that he can upload photos. And of course my husband does, you know, he does things with, with my boys where I'm not always there and he can upload photos. So I still have this sort of collaborative collection of his memories that, mm-hmm. you know, is not going to be so embarrassing to him because I posted it on socials, mm-hmm. you know, but it's still, you know, I want to capture that time capsule. And quite frankly, he'll want that too one day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and when I give, you know, when, and he's got access to the app, I don't have to dump these like dilapidated boxes and bins on him like our parents did to us. Right. No, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I'm like, you know, I want to have that I want to have it all collectively um, there, but just not in a way that that's going to be like burdensome to me in the short term and have to look at all these bins. I literally like my shoulders hike up when I think about all of the stuff, Mm -hmm. right? Is what every, I'm sure every client, you know, will you have that conversation. It's so like debilitating when you have all this like physical stuff surrounding you. You know, I don't want to do that to my kid. Hey, great new thousand square foot apartment. Thwomp. Here's your yes. giant sin. Oh, wait. And there's six more in the car. Yep. Yep. This is just the tip of the iceberg, buddy. Don't worry. I have more coming. <laughs> right. I have met so many people where they're they're in the purging process. And it's at that moment where, you know, they end up getting the bins from the parents that they've been holding on to for 30 years. And they're like, no, I'm trying to declutter. I don't want all this crap from 30 years ago. And that's how it can feel. And I'm not saying that it's all crap, but I think that when you are starting to get, when you're starting to purge, then when you're like flooded with, let's just say hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of mementos from 30 years ago, then that can feel like it doesn't help with the overwhelm. It can. Oh, absolutely. And then, you know, when you do bequeath these to your, is it bequeath, bequest? I don't know. Bequeath. Mm-hmm. Bequeath to your, you know, to your child when they're 
you know, after you've kept it for decades, now we're like, great. It suddenly has this perception of value because it was, it's been living, it's lived on since the eighties. Yes. And I'm like, you know what? It it really is, is, and then you feel like, oh gosh, how do I get, so I want to, I want to stop that. Stop the madness. Yes. Yes. I don't want, you know, I have three sons, you know, one day I anticipate, you know, them finding spouses and thinking, okay, chances are it daughter-in-laws are not going to want to, you know, I'm, the last thing they want from me, if I shove everything in their storage units or in their, in their limited storage space, all this stuff, I'm like, oh my gosh, there's no way. I mean, that's what my mother-in-law did to me. I'm like, what am I going to do with all this? I'm like, no, no stuff. It's, it's really hard. And especially when you're, when you're just starting out, you do have limited storage space. I mean, I talked about this very, very recently, like in your home, that is the most expensive storage that you have by far, because, you know, your mortgage, your rent is going to be a lot more than a storage unit. And a few weeks ago, we were talking about the yays and nays of storage units, but I heard that one. Yeah. (laughs) But I digress. Yeah. It could just be a lot. Okay. So this is kind of not a left turn, but I know since you guys have launched this, you guys have likely heard a bunch of really fun and creative examples of ways that people are using this. And I would love to hear some of those. Absolutely. And again, sometimes the best breakthroughs happen because we always listen to our customers. You do. Our entire line has been introduced because of people kind of sharing ideas and we've added features and every to every product we have, honestly. Yeah. So the Classkeeper app is no different. So it's funny, but we are always developing and building on this app. But a few things that with the tools we have now, we have with each child profile, you have an infinite amount of albums. So you have everyone for every grade, but you can also create custom albums. And so people are using them in such creative ways. For example, some people are using them as they're creating an album of just their child's face on their birthday. That's so cute. Yeah. So when you look at that album and kind of like swipe, swipe, swipe the transition, you know, because everybody gets their photo taken, blowing out the candles on their birthday, you know, also with different members of their family. Like I know this story came from a, from a, a family who they just lost their grandma, but they had, they had this whole album made for each of their kids that were dedicated to just that their, their child, their child with their grandparent. Yeah. You know, and it was just a sort of commemorative sort of collection, you know, and it's, it's like, that was so so cool. You can kind of make something that specific, whether Mm -hmm. it's for, we've also talked on, on the vein of birthdays, you know, how your kids get all these birthday cards and you're like, oh gosh, what do we know? Some of them for grandparents from very important people. You're like, oh gosh, do I just chuck them or what do I do with them? You know? So Mm -hmm. now I take a picture of them Mm -hmm. and then I put them in an album and then I'm like, okay, done. Bye. You know, and the, and you and I were talking earlier about like, okay, take a picture of the front side and then take a second picture of the inside, you know, mm-hmm. and there's ways to kind of like commemorate that. So you can see what grandma and grandpa had to say to you on your birthday, which is something that, you know, one day from now there, that really might be kind of cool to look back on. Oh, absolutely. And to see the handwriting and the message, that's sweet. Yes. Right. That connectivity, you know, obviously having any sort of themed, themed events with the, you know, whether it's Halloween costumes or it's, you know, dance recitals, karate tournaments, you know, anything sort of like themed. Mm-hmm. 
and and what one of the best features I think about the app, honestly, for those those who who are always like the when your kid will say to you, "Mom, tell me something cute that I used to do when I was little." Oh yes, I love so, these. Also, yeah. I need you. I need to tell you, Denise. I have I have this app because we use it with clients. We have a service where we like help upload help them upload their stuff because they may not have the time for that. Anyway, that aside, I have a profile for my dog. And so now I have like cute things that my dog has done. Stop. Okay, so there you answer your own question. What are some of the cute and creative things? They create profiles for their dog. <laughs> and I'm, I'm sorry, I totally cut you off. But what is what were you saying? Share the feature about the special yes. things. Yes, so within each profile, we have a section for each child or each pet is a section called keepers. And what that section is, think of it as kind of like a micro blog. Every time your kid does and say something cute and clever, you want to remember it. And every parent I know has jotted these things down somewhere on the sidebar of a calendar, on it, emailed themselves, texted themselves, you know, written it in a journal somewhere, but they're all 12 different hundred places. Totally. So In the app, there is a section where you can upload a story. You can assign it to a profile, assign keywords to it so you can search it later. You can add as many photos as you like to it to kind of remember all the cute things that someone says as a child, you know, as a little person or or just even as they get older, the funny, cute things that they do. And you want to remember. Mm -hmm. Like the the family inside jokes. Yes, the family inside jokes, you know, when especially when, you know, like, you know, my son, my my littlest guy used to call a bulldozer a booze dozer. Is he? You know, actually, my husband said that would make a great name for a drink. <laughs> my my sister used to say instead of popsicle, she said pacio, and we still call her pacio. Pacio, exactly. I mean, you talk to my siblings. If you say, "Hey, go put this in the living closet," go right to the linen closet. <laughs> you know, it's just it's really so not. We as older siblings, I was an older sibling in my family. So we remember what the littles used to do. Yeah. But, you know, no one remembers for us, <laughs> you know? And so I wish I had more of that sort of like, you know, piecework to go back and say, well, what were some of the things I did as a kid? Yeah. And I want to be able to give that to my kids, you know, to go back and share stories. And, you know, as I mentioned, you can search anything too. You can search by funny, you, you, you can choose tags that we kind of, pre-populate or create your own, you know, funny things that someone says, or like milestones or like, however you want to tag it. If you want to tag it for, you know, whether it's soccer or whether it's, you know, dance or vacation or family, you know, fiascos, whatever it is, you can search it all. (laughs) So fun. I love it. Hey, hon, are you looking to jumpstart your organization? Check out my free printable decluttering guide to give you inspiration on where to start. Just head to tidyrevival.com forward slash guide to get started. I want to know, because this is literally what you do for a living. You're helping stressed out parents get more organized through paper products and through the Classkeeper app, which I'm a big fan of. So to the parents who are thinking about kids' art storage and maybe they want to pull their hair out one by one. What is your biggest <laughs> advice for getting started? That's a great, great question. So I think there's three phases that any parent will find themselves in. They're, they are the empty nesters, 
They are the ones who are in it to win it. Like I am right now, right? My kids are some level of, you know, bins or just getting started with bins and then the newbies. And if you're an empty nester and you have the bins, this is where we've actually met parents who have said they've gone to their, their kids, their 20 something kids and say, all right, here's your bin. Let's digitize this together. Um, and then the, the editing happens then because, you know, I, even in my own company, our, our director of marketing is in her late twenties and she's like, yeah, I, I did that all for myself. Cause I was like, mom, why'd you keep this? So mm-hmm. there's that piece of kind of going through and sort of creating that she created both a physical, uh, class keeper and a digital one for herself. Mm-hmm. So you kind of need to start out with some sort of collection of all the goods and then digitizing or kind of keeping things and being, being honest with yourself as to what really has value to you and, and, and help your future self. And, 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 and I should say, if you're doing it for your children to think, okay, really, are you, do you really want to burden your child because they don't know the value that you put on this, that you kept it for 40 years to really be ruthless. And I say ruthless, honest with Mm -hmm. what the value is in it to, in it to win it. Same concept only at a, at a, you know, at a, at a more, you know, fluid, fluid pace where you're actually like there's incoming items, set yourself up with a system so that you're not, you don't have the, the eight bins after they're, they've gone start now. And also don't feel compelled to get it all digitized from, you know, from preschool on up through before you start with seventh grade, live in the moment, capture those moments. And then you can always go back. The beauty of the app is that you can retro date anything. That's really good advice. Yeah. So don't, don't ignore what's happening right now. And then you can always go back. And honestly, that's, those are the people who like I, myself, I need a professional organizer to come in and digitize all of my stuff for my kids because I'm right now in it to win it. And I need to get caught up so that I can do it in the moment and Mm -hmm. kind of moving forward. And then the the third phase is the ones that are just now starting their families. Mm -hmm. I know it seems like crazy because they've got so many things just trying to keep this little person alive every day. Yeah. So much that goes on with new motherhood that's so overwhelming, but to really consider setting up a system to commemorate the moments, especially the, the, the ones that you think are memorable, like the, the little milestone type events and, you know, photos and things, capture them, be consistent about adding them to your child's profile. And also don't forget to invite your partner to do the same mm-hmm. because, you know, why is it, it, it usually falls on one person's shoulder and that really shouldn't be the case anymore. Yeah. We need to distribute that load. 100%. Yeah. And so to make sure you kind of set up that the system should include sort of a, a collaborative effort to make sure that you've got someone who's also contributing. And then, especially when one day when the child does start going to preschool and sort of churning out all of those crafts and keepsakes and everything in that, that, that tidal wave starts coming in that doesn't stop. Yep. Have a system. And like I said, mine has always been like, you know, some of the items I have my child hold, take a photo, upload it to their profile. Or if I get backlogged, sit them down on a, in front of a, facing a window crisscross applesauce, spread it out. Spread it out. Yep. Spread it out. Take a big old picture. Have them look up at you. If it's smiling, little toothless grin or whatever it might be. And then you can, you know, 
keep the products for, keep the items for a short period of time and then you know oh, what to do. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on today, Denise, and giving some tips about it, sharing your story and really giving people resources to help them get organized and help them tame the overwhelm that comes with all the kiddo stuff, specifically from school and art projects and the like. Really, really, really appreciate you. And I know that we will definitely have the link to where people can check out your products and the app and everything down below. But in addition, where can folks find you? Thank you. So as I, as I mentioned, my company is cleverly named by my name, which is Denise Albright. So you'll have the link in the show notes to find me there. And everything we described today is there. The Classkeeper, the Classkeeper app, membership, all of those things will be on my site. So I would love it if you were to find us there. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you again so much for being here today. It's always lovely chatting with you. And, and I'm sure we'll talk very, very soon. Sounds great. Thanks for having me, Carly. This was my pleasure. Thanks, Denise. Thank you for tuning in today. If you want to learn more about how I can help you, head to tidyrevival.com to learn more about how I work with people one-on-one or in the clutter-free home process course community. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe so you'll always have access to the latest episode. We would also love to hear your takeaways. Feel free to tag us at Tidy Revival on Instagram, Facebook, or TikTok. The Tidy Revival podcast is written and hosted by me, Carly Adams, edited by Brittany McLean, and the title song, Maverick, is by Dresden the Flamingo. Until next time, remember that you got this.